If you're a powder hound on a budget, this is for you. Brian Thacker is a US author, travel writer and podcaster, and this week he reports on a handful of little-known but rather extraordinary ski fields of Idaho. While everyone will know about the big guns, such as Sun City, he shares with us three finds, including the US's only non-profit ski field and another that's a sleeper hit, even though its former owner was one of the world's biggest Hollywood stars. Brian, thank you so much. Welcome to Travel Writers Radio. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. Now, you've come from, uh, you're, you're actually based in Minneapolis at the moment, aren't you? You've been there about four years. Yes, I married a Minnesotan girl and she she came to Australia for four years and stayed for 10. And so it was my turn to move here. Oh, how fantastic. The only difference is, as you've told me in the past, that it gets so cold in, in Minneapolis that you can't go outside for more than 10 minutes at a time, which is um, quite astonishing. Well, there was something I never really wanted to, to discover was that Celsius and Fahrenheit catch up to each other. So minus 41 Celsius is minus 41 Fahrenheit. So I discovered that because it actually got that cold here. That's a point of like freezing your eyes closed or something like that, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> the, and this is this is great trick where you, you boil a kettle and pour it into a mug and walk straight outside, throw it in the air, and that just turns into mist, boiling water that's that cold. Oh, I love it, but also I don't think that I need it as well. Um, yeah. But this is great fodder for you because um, in a, how many books have you written now? Uh, what number are you up to uh, in your travel books? Uh, seven. You seven are up written, seven. Yes. So, so some of the books include Rule Number 5, No Sex on the Bus, and that's obviously from a time when you were a tour guide. Yes. Planes, Trains, and Elephant. And the one that's actually in my hand that I've been reading this week, just coincidentally, is The Naked Man Festival and Other Excuses to Fly Around the World. Uh, so I feel like we've been talking even before this conversation which is <laughs> very good today what we're actually um we're talking about we're staying with matters ski because we're in the australian ski season now um but of course uh the u.s is something that we tend to plan out long in advance and you've been exploring the ski fields of idaho haven't you but you've been stepping off the beaten track yeah so i've been to some of the i've been to a lot of the mainstream ski resorts as well and there's i can't remember the exact number it's something like 456 ski resorts in america so there's quite a few and there's like Idaho, many Australians wouldn't even think of it as skiing. There's Sun Valley, but they've got 19 ski resorts in Idaho. That's astonishing. And so, yes, yeah, so I went on a bit of a road trip to discover some of the little-known ski resorts um, just just the past winter. And as anyone who skis knows, skiing is not a cheap game to play. It can be expensive. If you walk up to the ticket office of a very well-known Rocky Mountain ski resort on a Sunday now, a day lift pass is 423 Australian dollars. So anybody who's listening to this who skis, they'll be just like, what? $423 for one day to go skiing. That's if you just walk up to the ticket office to buy a ticket. That's astonishing. So it can be, it can be very expensive here. So one of the reasons I went traveling around Idaho was to, because it was for a family ski magazine, is to find a cheaper alternative to go skiing. And by the way, this is still the Rocky Mountains, so it's still places that have... 10 metres of snow for the season and it's beautiful powder snow and you can stay on the mountain and it's so but it's not $423 a day for example if you go to a place called Tamarack it's uh, it's the newest ski resort in America it was opened in 2002 it's the newest ski resort so everything is brand spanking new for the lifts the village and there a, a day pass is $82 that's compare astonishing that to and for that for that beautiful Rocky Mountain scenario yeah so it's and then what comes down is accommodation ends up being cheaper food is cheaper 
ski 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 hire is cheaper. So everything when you add up all those numbers, as Americans say, you do the math. It um, works out to be you know a good budget friendly way to ski in the US. Oh, fantastic. And then, but I mean, that's the, you know, that is just one of the gems in this, in this little area. You've also found resorts that have been owned by celebrities and a non-profit resort as well, which I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of one before. Yeah. So the celebrity one was, there is other celebrity ones like, um, there's in Utah, Sundance. You heard of Sundance? Yes, of course. And so that was owned by, do you know who it was owned by? Don't test me on radio, please. All right. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Who is not Paul Newman, the other one? Who is it? <laughs> it's Robert Redford, of course. Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. Thank you. <laughs> did you have a brain melt anyway. or did I have a brain melt on that one? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you know, Sundance, you know, is enormously successful partly for that reason and also, you know, for the, yeah. its film connections as well. But um, yeah. Soldier Mountain, that sounds yes. that's terribly macho. Does that give a clue as to who own, has owned Soldier Mountain in the past? Yeah, so I, I joked that you'd be uh, yelling out yippee as you're skiing down because it was owned by Bruce Willis. And it's in the middle of nowhere in Idaho and, this, and the resort's only actually open from Thursday to Sunday. So the nice thing about that is if you get there on a Thursday after they've had three days of snow, you get a ton of snow. But the guy said to me, some days there might only be like 57 people skiing there. So And it's it's only got like three lifts, but it's a massive ski area. They're really long lifts. And then they have cat skiing, which is you, you go on a snow cat um, and they take you right to the back ranges. So that's Soldier Mountain and it's, you know, most people haven't even heard of it. It's just tucked away in the mountains. And they said the other one, the non-profit one, which I hadn't heard of that before until I went there, is a place called Bogus Basin. And um, not Bogan Basin, it's Bogus Basin. I did have to read and- it twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so any... Any profit they make goes back into the resort, and it's 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 only forty minutes from Boise, which is the largest largest city in in Idaho. Mm-hmm. So you know, so it's a big city, and you imagine that you can see the mountain. You can drive up there, and you've been there in forty minutes. That's from the center, from the outskirts. It's like twenty five minutes away, and again, the, a day pass is um, one hundred and ten dollars, which is still pretty good. But the food, everything is 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 because it's non-profit. Everything is cheap. From you can get a big. I had a big bowl of bison chili, and it was like nine dollars. Is that actually you, eating bison, like the meat is bison? Yes, that's right. a popular. Just sort wanted of thing to check that one. <laughs> yeah, and bison burgers and all sorts of bison things. Fantastic. Uh, but it was a funny story. I was just, and it was it like a seems like a family resort. I was sitting on the on the ski lift, and the ski patroller was sitting next to me. And he said there are free cookies down at the base village. And I said, "Oh, that's good. Are they good?" And he said, "And he said, did you, I said, did you make them?" And he laughed. And he said, "Actually, my wife and I spent all day yesterday making cookies." And he really did. He made the him and his wife spent like all day making cookies, and they were giving out these free cookies at the at the bottom of base of the lift. Fantastic. Um, so who 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 is he? Who runs the? Who owns Bogus Basin? So yeah, so it's a cooperative type. Thing, you know what I mean? So there's a whole bunch of people who own it, but it's everything goes back to, to keeping the prices down and building new fa- new facilities and etc. Fantastic. And it's um and it's huge. It's like when you think, okay, it's this little ski resort just outside of Boise. It would be four times bigger than the biggest ski resort in Australia. That that's so actually that's actually mind blowing. At at mm. 
Because as you say, I mean, you know, right across the US, there are an astonishing amount of, you know, more than 400 ski resorts, but then, then Idaho has more, has more ski resorts than Australia. Is that right? Yeah. So there's, I think there's, 16 in Australia and there's 19 in, just in the state of Idaho. <laughs> Unbelievable. And you're in the Rocky Mountains. You've got places that are dropping enormous amounts of snow. So it's not like you're skimping on uh, skimping on the runs or anything like that. Or you might – they don't have snow machines here, do they? No, and it's – the they do they still have still snow making in in the in the in sort of the well well trodden runs but they the runs are still probably five times longer than the longest run in Australia so it's you're not it's not like you this little hill there these are big mountains and um, I said some of the places like with uh, I went to a place called Brundage which was just beautiful but you can't stay in Brundage but you stay fifteen minutes away in in a in a small town, which has got fantastic restaurants and accommodation. And so, but in some of the places, Tamarack, you can actually stay one minute away from the lift. So it's, there's, there's so many different places you can stay and do. And are they, I mean, you, you know, we're talking about big mountains. Are they family friendly or do you have to be a, a you know, a, a black run uh, expert to get down them. I mean, to me, it sounds quite terrifying. You know, I'm I'm not a black run girl. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bit of a snowplower, to be honest with you. Are they? Uh, you but know, that, can you can you can you take the kids? Yeah, yeah. No, that it's probably better than some of the the, the bigger sort of ski resorts like Jackson Hole, whatever. There's lots of advanced skiing. These are so family friendly. Like at, at Brundage, I was skiing with one of the guides there, and she said. She said, this is the perfect cruisy family run. She said, my daughter skied it lots of time before she was even born. And I went, what, before she was born? She said, oh, she was in my belly. So it must be pretty, must be a good run if you can confidently ski with uh, a baby in your tummy. And so there's, so there's no one on the runs. I said, I was in Tamarack and I'd skied three runs with, in the first thing in the morning, we hadn't seen anyone at all. Hadn't seen a single person on the lift or, or skiing on the run. And I said, how many people do you think ski, would be skiing here today? And he said, um, maybe 500, but I'll ask at the ticket office. So we went to the ticket office at lunchtime and they told us 497 people were skiing. This is in Tamarack. 497 people were skiing there. And so, and Tamarack is bigger than Threadbow and bigger than Falls Creek. And so, as I said, could you imagine 497 people skiing at Threadbow after they'd had a big dump of snow and it's a perfect blue sky day? Oh, so that just doesn't happen. I cannot even imagine it. So when is the best time to be there? Which of the peak months do you reckon? Um, so the the busiest time is the Christmas New Year period and, and the American holidays, like President's Day, whatever whatever it is. So there's a, you keep away from the American holidays, but generally it's quiet for most of the time. There's spring break, so but in, in January in particular, it's, it's so quiet. There's no one there at all. It's just really quiet because people have had – finished their holidays in the US and they've all gone back to work and the kids have gone back to school because they only get a couple of weeks off at Christmas, not like us in Australia get like six weeks off. And yeah, so, but it's, it's quite, but the funny thing is it's quite all, it's pretty much quite all the time except for those big holidays. That's a very good point to make. I, um, you know, you may have talked to me around it. I never would have put, as you say, never would have put Idaho on my list and certainly not places just outside Boise. You know, it's, it's so unexpected, but thanks so much for sharing that, that fabulous piece of in, intel from, from the US. And uh, we look forward for a bit of an update for your upcoming ski adventures. So stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. 
That was Belinda Jackson with US-based ski writer and podcaster Brian Thacker, and you can follow Brian's adventures on his website, brianthacker.tv. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.